As John mentioned, uh, this is day 12. Uh, we started a, a, a series called 40 Days of Prayer, What Might God Do, uh, 12 days ago. Uh, and this is really kind of the third Sunday uh, in that series. And as John mentioned, I would really encourage you, uh, one of the things that we wanted to do in this series was not just talk about prayer and hear some messages about prayer, but we actually wanted to do something crazy and actually pray. <laughs> Uh, and so the challenge was put out there for all of us to enter into a season of 40 days, uh, 40 days of where you would say, you know what, I want to push myself to do things that I might not normally do just to see what God might do uh, with and through that. And so every evening from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m., we're here praying. Actually, in that corner right there, we set it up, uh, and it is just a really encouraging time of prayer. Uh, if you've never been to a prayer gathering and you're like, wow, that kind of freaks me out, uh, I totally get that. Uh, but I would come and invite you just to come and see. Uh, and I promise you, you would leave and say, you know what? It's not as freaky as I thought. It was actually pretty refreshing and pretty inspiring listening and learning and hearing what other people uh, were praying about. And you might actually find yourself praying uh, out loud in ways that you never thought you might pray. So that's in the evening, every night, 6.30 to 8.30. Uh, and then if you want to get a little crazier, uh, you can meet me here in the mornings at 6.30 a.m. Uh, and there's a group that just meets from 6.30 uh, to 8 a.m. every morning. And there's been uh, about 15 to 20 folks who are getting together every single morning, well, Monday through Friday. Uh, we're not meeting on Saturdays, but Monday through Friday. And there are folks who literally just come for 10, 15 minutes before they go to work. But when I've asked them, you know, you only get to hang out for 10, 15 minutes, and they're like, it's the best 15 minutes of my day. Uh, it just totally changes how my day goes. And so I'd encourage you, uh, push yourself, get up a little bit earlier so you can come and just experience and be part of what God's doing. Uh, if, you were, if this is your first Sunday, uh, we gave these uh, prayer journals away. Uh, there's some over on that wall over there. There's some at the Welcome Center. But we encouraged each of you to take a journal and chronicle, so to speak, your journey. What are some things you've been praying about? What are some things you've been struggling with and thinking about? What are some things that you think God might be talking to you about? Uh, because on Sunday, September 29th, is day 40. And uh, on day 40, we're going to have church here. And it's going to be an awesome time of just celebrating what, hearing stories of what God's been doing in this 40 days. Uh, if you're at all like me, I'm crazy forgetful and I just need to write things down. Uh, so there are prayers that God's already been answering. And if I'm not writing that stuff down, I'll be like, I'm, I could have sworn he answered some prayers, but I can't remember exactly what it was. And so grab a journal. Uh, if you've already filled up your journal, we've got more for you. But uh, our heart is for you guys to fully enter into uh, this season of prayer. Now, this morning, um, it's kind of a challenging topic because we can't talk about prayer without really dealing with uh, some tough issues related to prayer. Uh, specifically, what do you do with prayers that just go unanswered? What do you do with prayers that you feel like just go unheard? What do you do when you just feel like, man, I'm praying, but I get nothing. I just feel like it's a silence and my prayers don't go any further than the ceiling. And so early on in the series, I really wanted to think through together of how do we, how do we understand Prayers that, at least in our minds, go unanswered, or maybe we feel like they even go ignored. So let me ask some questions and see if you can relate with any of these. I tried praying, 
and it didn't work. Anyone ever experienced that? You're like, I tried praying, and it just didn't work. God didn't do what I wanted him to do, or at least when I wanted him to do it. How about this? I actually believe God answers prayer. I just don't actually believe he'd answer my prayer. He might answer guys like your prayer, Michael, but I'm pretty confident that uh, God does answer prayer, but he only answers prayer for like really spiritual people, like just people who have like pastor attached to their title or something like that. And because you don't believe God will answer your prayers, it just has led you to prayerlessness. How about this one? Uh, Prayer sounds like a, a good idea, but I just don't think prayer could actually fix this. You look at whatever situation is just terrible and whatever the issue or problem or broken relationship or whatever it might be, and you're like, I know I should say and believe and agree that prayer would help, would, would work, but I just don't think prayer could actually do squat about whatever the situation might be. How about this one? I've grown tired of praying and seeing, uh, not seeing anything happen. What's the point? I know I've been there a lot. I'm like, God, I've been praying a ton about this. And it just doesn't seem like anything is happening. So obviously you could come up with a really long list of questions as it relates to prayer, specifically our frustration in prayer of God doesn't answer prayer, God seems indifferent to my prayers, or God seems to be like really quiet when I pray, or God just seems to be really delaying my prayers. Well, Jesus had a ton of things to say about prayer, and what Jesus said about prayer kind of complicates the situation even more. And I say, this is a quote from Jesus in the book of Matthew. It says this, I tell you the truth, if you have faith and don't doubt, you can do things like this and much more. You can even say to this, uh, say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. You can pray for anything, and if you have faith, you receive it. It's like, whoa, what do I do with that? So I guess I don't have faith. That's why I don't see my prayers being answered. And so what I wanted to wrestle with, and I say wrestle because this is hard stuff, uh, is what do you do when the mountain doesn't move? What happens when you're praying for X mountain, whatever that mountain might be, and you're like, you know what? I have faith. I'm believing. I'm praying I'm doing everything that I know that I'm supposed to do, but I just, that mountain doesn't move. Nothing changes. Nothing's happening. Now, if you don't have an answer of what life looks like um, when there is no answer in prayer, when there is silence or when there is delay, what's going to happen is you will grow farther and farther and farther away from God because you're angry and you're frustrated. And I totally get that. My heart for me and for this entire community during the season uh, of prayer was really simple. I didn't want anyone at the end of 40 days to be like, wow, I'm praying so much more. I'm praying longer. I'm praying harder. I'm praying with more passion and like enthusiasm and zeal. My heart for you, for me, was simply this. I'm connecting with God now. Like I'm connecting with God. See, there's lots of people who pray. Tons of people pray, but not everyone who prays actually connects with God. And if you don't know how to think through unanswered prayer, the silence of God, the delay of God, uh, what's going to happen is you'll grow farther and farther and farther away from connecting with God. But 
The things that I'm excited to share with you are just some things that are personal to me, things that I've seen in my own life, things that I've learned that when there are no answers, when there is silence, when there is delay, my connection with God is actually grows stronger rather than weaker. So I want to share with you five things specific. These are just personal to me. Uh, some of them might resonate, some of them might make sense, and some of them you might be like, Michael, you should really get some more counseling. But these are five for me of how I continue to grow in my connection with God, uh, even when I don't see God doing what I would love to see God be doing, when I don't see prayers being actually answered. So five, uh, and I'm going to share these pretty quickly, but number one uh, would be simply this. God is not my personal all-you-can-eat buffet. He's not my all-you-can-eat buffet. Now, I used to love going to all-you-can-eat buffets until I realized after many years of doing this and waking up the next morning, I was like, wow, I just feel crappy and gross and like extra oil is now coming out of my skin from all of that stuff that I put into my body. But I used to love all-you-can-eat buffets because they were simple. Like if you wanted to eat as much fake meat as you wanted, no one was going to stop you. And if you got tired of the fake meat and wanted to move on to like pasta, there's a whole pasta bar. If you wanted Mexican, there's Mexican. If you wanted dessert, there was a crazy amount of dessert. If you wanted salad and fruit or just wanted to avoid that section, you could. You could do whatever you want at an all-you-can-eat buffet. But every time I would go to a buffet like this, man, the ne- I paid for it for the next like three or four days. Like my system, I won't even tell you what happened to my system, but needless to say, I don't go to all-you-can-eat buffets anymore because they're just not helpful. Now, I know this might sound weird and crazy, but I know that God is not my all-you-can-eat like personal buffet, but I often treat him like he is. I often go to God and I'm like, I want this, and this is how I want it, and I want it actually now. And, well, all right, you're not going to do that. Well, then I want this. And we just, I would go to God and I would have these demands of like, God, you, you got to do this. And this is what I want. This is what I need. And this is when I need it. Uh, until there was that moment, I was like, you know, wow, I'm treating God the same way that I would actually treat my presence, so to speak, at an all-you-can-eat buffet. And one of the hard lessons that I learned uh, and this might be really challenging to you. Well, two things is God is not your all-personal, all-you-can-eat buffet. Uh, he's not a God that you can just be like, yo, do this, do this, now, tomorrow. God's not like that. I'm not saying we don't bring our requests, our prayers uh, to God, but when I start treating God like a personal, all-you-can-eat buffet, man, I, I'm really disappointed and the, the second challenge, at least with this, and this was hard, is I realized pretty quickly, God doesn't actually answer all of my prayers. And I know that might bum some of you out, but God doesn't answer all of your prayers. And if you approach prayer with the attitude of, I've asked it, therefore I deserve it. I've asked it, so therefore he has to do it. Well, there is plenty of scripture that says, no, it doesn't really work like that. There's a great scripture in James uh, chapter 1 that says, you know, if you're the person that is just asking, but you actually don't even really believe God can do anything, that God can't actually act and, and move, well, he's not going to answer that prayer. 
And he likens it to a wave who's just tossed on the sea. If you're like that guy, this is what James says. He says, such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. You're asking, but you don't even believe in God. You don't even believe that God can be God. And James clearly says, brother of Jesus, you should not expect to receive. Scripture makes clear if your motives in what you're asking for are just all messed up and all about you and all self-centered and all self-focused, well, guess what? Those prayers are not going to go answered either. James, again, says this, you do not have because you don't ask God. And when you do ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend on what you get on your pleasures. And so God said, if you're asking and it's just all about you, well, don't expect to receive anything. If you're married or want to be married and you're a husband, there's some hard scripture for husbands. If you are not treating your wife and loving and respecting and caring for her like God would want you to, well, guess what? Your prayers are going to be hindered. You're just not going to see God moving in your prayers. Why? Well, do you really expect that we can treat the women that God has given us, the wives that he, wife, not wives, not plural, one, <laughs> and disrespect, dishonor, not love, and God's going to be like, yeah, I'm totally okay with that. I'll start answering all these prayers over here. He says, no, that's crazy. Those prayers will be hindered. He says this in 1 Peter. In the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you, we're talking physically here, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. I have to wrestle with that as a husband. Am I not seeing God answer some of my prayers because I'm not honoring, respecting, and loving the woman that God's given me as a gift to love and cherish and honor and respect. Old Testament is just filled with passages of like, you just act like all spiritual, but God's like, I see your hearts. You don't know me. You don't love me. You put on a religious show and you're fasting and acting and have the appearance of being spiritual, but God's like, I see through that. If you have a heart for God, then you're going to have a heart for the things that God cares about. And so the challenge, this is just, excuse me, one passage in Isaiah is, if you'd actually start doing what God would want us to be doing, caring about what he cares about, caring for the homeless and the widows, people who are just left for dead, God loves those men and women. As we begin to love those and love what God loves, he says this, then when you call, the Lord will answer. Yes, I'm here. He will quickly reply. So all of this to say, God is not a personal all-you-can-eat buffet. I can't approach God like that. And I have to realize that not all of my prayers are going to be answered. My motives in what I'm praying for and why I'm praying for matter to God. I don't know when this happened, uh, but this was decades or so ago. It was a while back. But I had a turning point and... This is what I really felt like God tell me, Michael, you want to see me at work in your life, but I can't work in a life that is ultimately still about you. And so I was praying, and I'm like, God, man, what's going on? I just want to see you at work in my life, and I'm praying, but I just don't see much happening. And that's what I, I felt like God say to me was, Michael, your life is still all about you. When you repent of that, 
and have a conversion of, of change of heart, change of mind, and your life is actually all about me, man, hold on and watch what I can do in a life that is about God. So that's the first thing that I really learned about prayers. God's not going to answer all my prayers because he's not my personal all-you-can-eat buffet. Uh, Number two would be this. Uh, And this, again, none of these are going to be earth-shattering, like, wow, I've never heard of this. Number two is God is wiser than I or you. God is wiser than us. Now, it's not like I actually believe that I was smarter or wiser than God, but my reaction to unanswered prayer, my reaction to the silence of God, my reaction to delayed uh, responses from God was similar to that of a child who doesn't get his way when his parents don't give him what he or she wants. I was just a big kid Uh, I was a little kid in a big person's body reacting and responding to God like that of a kid who just doesn't get what he asks for from his parents. Now, I'm pretty confident most of you would agree it would be really bad parenting if you just said, hey, I'm going to give my kid anything they want no matter what it is. I'm just going to be that cool, hip parent that, you know, my kid likes and I'm just going to give them everything that they could ever want. I think all of us would say, well, that's a really bad parenting plan. And even though kids, like when my kids ask me for things, I'm like, no, heck no, you're never going to get that. Or not now, you're not ready for that. And they get that face, and I, I know they're thinking in their minds, well, if you cared about me, you'd hook me up with that, you'd take care of that, you would do that. And what I try to communicate is, I am saying no, I am saying not now, because I care enough about you, not to give you what you want anytime you want it, but to give you exactly what you need. I think a lot of us just, you know, if the question was, why do we want God to say yes to what we are asking of him? Like, put it this way. If God could give you everything that you just wanted, everything you asked for, would you be okay with that? And a lot of us are like, uh, yeah, I think so. I would love that. If just everything you asked God for, God was like, all right, blank check, it's yours. What is wrong with us where we're like, yes, I totally want that. Kid in the candy store, like, well... We approach and, God, I just want this relationship so bad. I want this job so bad. I want this thing so bad, whatever the thing might be. And if God just said, yeah, you can have all of that stuff, do you know what would happen? We would now have multiple, many little gods in our life that we're just giving all of ourselves to. And what I'm suggesting is God is wiser than you. God is wiser than me. Like, I am wiser than my kids. I'm not going to give them something that they don't need or something that would be ultimately devastating or destructive to who they are. And God is is like that. I think one of the most uh, men who challenged, uh, men who struggled with this in Scripture was Job. Uh, Just in my daily reading, I finished reading Job this past week, and I just read it through this, a, a new, a fresh lens of this guy was really struggling with God because he was praying and asking, God, where are you? Like, why is all this terrible, awful, horrific stuff happening? 
and I'm praying and I get nothing. I can't even hear you. I can't see you. And he is just wrestling and struggling with God. And towards the end of the book, God finally responds to him. But what I love about what God does is he doesn't give Job what he wants. He doesn't give Job an answer to the questions that he was asking. What he gives to Job is simply this. He gives him himself. Because what God, what Job actually needed more than anything else, more than the answers he was asking, was he needed God. And I love this passage in Job at the very last chapter, uh, verse 1 through 5. Then Job replied, and, and God's been speaking to Job in response. Then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do anything and no one can stop you. You asked, who is, the, who is this that questions my wisdom with such ignorance? And I love Job's response. Uh, that was me. Uh, that was me. I was the guy. And when I read that passage just this week, I'm like, man, how many times have I just questioned the wisdom of God and thrown the accusation of, God, you have no idea what you're doing. Because if you did, you would be doing this. Or this would be happening. Or this wouldn't be happening. And when I read that passage, I was like, wow. The question, who is it that questions my wisdom with such ignorance? I'm like, both hands up. That's me. And then Job goes on and says, And I was talking about things I knew nothing about, things far too wonderful for me. You said, listen, and I will speak. I have some questions for you, and you must answer them. I had only heard about you before, but now I've seen you with my own eyes. See, what what Job needed more than anything was not answers. He just needed God. And that's exactly what God gave to him was himself. So... Number two, what I've learned about unanswered prayer, the delay of God, the silence of God, is God is wiser than me. And God will give to me exactly what I need when I need it. And I can trust in that. The Apostle Paul, if you're familiar with him, you might be surprised by this, but God didn't answer his prayer either. There's a section in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 12 where he is praying He is literally begging God to take something away from him. And he's like, God, will you please take this away? Three times it says he was begging and praying and asking, God, would you please do this? And this was what happened in this this story. Three different times I begged that the Lord, uh, the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. What I love is, Paul, if I take this away from you, you are going to miss what you need most. And what you need most is my grace. You think that you want this out of your life. You think you want this in your life. But God says, I am wiser than that. I want to give you something that you don't even know what to, how to pray for. Paul didn't pray for that. But God said, I'm going to answer a prayer that you didn't even pray. And I'm going to give you my grace grace. As I look back uh, over the last two decades specifically, uh, man, I can't tell you how many times I'm like, God, thank you that when I asked that, you totally shut that door. Because if I would have walked through that door and done what I wanted to do, I would have been really hurt. And someone else probably would have been really hurt as well. So number two is God is wiser than us. Uh, Number three is this, God is big enough to handle all of me. 
for you. God is big enough to handle all of you. And what I mean by this is God can handle all of your hurts, your disappointments, your doubts, your fears, your frustrations, your anger. Sadly, there are a lot of people who walk around really angry at God, really annoyed with God, really frustrated with God, really bitter towards God. And rather than bringing their hurt, disappointment, frustration, anger, and bitterness to God, all of that stuff actually leads them to say, I want nothing to do with God. But what I have seen as I just read scripture is the people who are most honest, the people who are most raw with God had the closest relationships with God. And so what I wanted to encourage you with uh, this morning is, is bring whatever you have to God and let God take it and work with you through that. I want to read a, a, a brief section in Job. These are just from some verses from a man who was suffering and he couldn't figure out where God was. And I want you to hear just, because some of you might hear these verses and you're like, wow, that's where I'm at right now. And I didn't know that I could actually give voice to how I was feeling about God to God. Job chapter 17, my spirit is crushed. My life is nearly snuffed out. The grave is ready to receive me. My eyes are swollen with weeping. I am but a shadow of my former self. My days are over. My hopes have disappeared. My heart's desires are broken. Job 30, and now my life seeps away. Depression haunts my days. I cry to you, O God, but you don't answer. I stand before you, but you don't even look. You have become cruel towards me. You use your power to persecute me. I read that and I'm like, wow. He brought his stuff to God. And God's big enough to handle it. Because at the end of Job, as I've already read, Job went from this hurt and pain and frustration of, wow, now I see you. I see you. And I have better understanding of who you are. So my question for you would just be this. Are your doubts, hurts, frustrations, anger, annoyance, whatever it might be, are they leading you closer to God or further from him? And what's really sad to me is I have too many people in my life who are so angry with God about something God did or God didn't do, and it keeps them from him. And my heart, if that's you, would be, say, would be to say to you, bring your anger to God. Bring your bitterness, bring your hurt, your disappointment, and watch what God will do with those things. The people who were closest to God in Scripture were the people who were most honest, the people who were just raw. This is King David, and he had a pretty tight relationship with God. And he says this, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far away when I groan for help? Every day I call to you, my God, but you do not answer. Every night you hear my voice, but I find no relief. That's a pretty honest prayer. And that's an honest prayer prayed from a man who knew that God was big enough to handle all of him. And at the end of that same psalm, this is what he says. For he has not ignored or belittled the suffering of the needy. He has not turned his back on them, but he has listened to their cries for help. I'm going to praise you. See, something happens when I just bring my, the rawness of my heart to God, and God heals, God changes, God transforms my heart so that 
I'm the guy who's not saying, I'm angry. Where are you? I'm the guy that's saying, wow, you actually do care. I just, I couldn't see it. To the guy that says, you know what? I was cursing God because I just thought you didn't care. So now I'm the guy that's actually praising God uh, to those that are around me. Again, my encouragement, God already knows how you feel about him. So to act like you can hide your feelings towards him would just be an exercise in futility. So today, would you just bring that? Would you bring whatever hurt, anger, frustrations that you have toward unanswered prayer, towards the silence of God, towards the delay of God? And I just promise you that if you bring that today, God will change your heart towards him. Number three would be this, or number four, two more. Uh, God is always working around me. I think one of the things that's just really difficult for me over the years is that when I'm, I think I'm faithfully praying about something, and it just seems like, man, this is the right prayer to pray. Like, I've checked my motives, and they just seem, as best as I can tell, they seem right. Uh, this, this prayer is not like this self-centered thing that I'm going to somehow get something from this. Uh, and it just seems right. My frustration is, God, it seems like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, but it, it just seems like you're totally sleeping on the job. Like, God, I feel like I'm doing what you told me to do, and I just don't see you doing what you said you would do. Like, what do you do with that? I'd say out of all of these, this is probably the one that's hard for me, at least. Like, God, I'm, you've asked me to do something. You've invited me to do something. Like, step up. When are you going to do what you said you were going to do? And... What God has taught me is, Michael, just because you can't see me at work doesn't actually mean that I'm not working. Don't think to yourself, Michael, because your vision, you just can't see something happening, doesn't actually mean that something is, is happening. Uh, I have a, a friend, um, he's been a friend for a few years, and I just I pray for this person. It's a pretty simple prayer. I just want them to know God. You know, I just want them to have a relationship with God. And so I pray for this person. <clears throat> I do the best that I can to love and just engage this person. Uh, and it's just been years. And I'm like, God, what's up? Like, this just seems like a really good prayer to pray that someone who I care about at least, that I know you care about, would actually care about you, would actually begin a relationship with you. And I just feel like what God has been talking to me about and teaching me about uh, is, Michael, just because you can't see it doesn't mean that I'm not working in this person's life. And one of the things, and I encourage you to consider this at least, is I don't pray for like greater faith. I don't pray for like, God, just give me more passion and zeal that instead of like 10 minutes a day, I'm going to go 20 minutes a day. Or instead of an hour, I'm going to go five hours. I don't pray like that. I pray, God, would you then just give me eyes to see? Like, give me perspective. And this is, in this case in particular, here's the perspective I feel like God's given me. Uh, Michael, I care about this person a lot more than you do. But the, my, my friend that um, I'm telling you about is, he's just a, he's, he's an awesome guy. A really nice guy. He's well-liked. He's well-respected. Um, 
And a lot of the people that he hangs out with in his circle of friends and influence and such, um, he's, he's just well-liked and he's well-respected. And I feel like the perspective that God gave to me, uh, and it's really encouraged me to keep praying, is, Michael, might it be that I am at work in your friend's life, but it's not just about him. I'm at work in all of his friends' lives around this person. So that when this person makes a decision to begin a relationship with Jesus, it is going to have such a greater impact and influence on so many more people. And I was like, all right, well, that's, that seems like a good idea. <laughs> and so through that, I feel like God's given me his eyes to see something that I just didn't see in my own. And so now I have greater perseverance to keep praying, but not just for my friend, but his friends as well. That when there would be a turning of heart to God, there would be multiple turning of hearts to God as well. Because when my friend turns, he, it's going to be such a testimony to the men and women that are around him. So number four, God is always working around. Even if we can't see it, he's, he's working. As I was praying specifically about this point, I was like, God, I really, because this one is hard for me. Uh, and I really want to encourage people this morning. So is there, because there might be some of you who are like, man, I've been praying for years, and I just see squat. So Michael, I, I appreciate your perspective speech, but I've been praying for years, and I see nothing. And I knew that there had to be at least one, if not many of you here. And what I wanted to encourage you is a verse that God gave to me, and it's in Isaiah 49. It says this, Jerusalem says, the Lord... Uh, the Lord has deserted us. The Lord has forgotten us. And this is the Lord's response. Never can a mother forget her nursing child. Can she feel no love for the child she has born? Even if that were possible, I would never forget you. I've got your name tattooed on my palm. I've got your name engraved on my hand. And not shocking, when I read that, I started tearing up, and I was like, man, God, thank you for being a God that has not forgotten me, that has not forgotten my prayers, that has not forgotten the men and women in my life that I care about and that I love. And I just wanted you to hear this morning, God's not forgotten you. If you're interpreting the delay and the silence and what you interpret as unanswered prayer, as God has forgotten you, God stopped caring God's just nowhere to be found. I want you to know he is working. And he's working because he hasn't forgotten you. And he cares about you. He will never forget you. Number five, and we'll finish with this one, is this. God is faithful. God is faithful. Now, let me ask you uh, an honest question. Um, and you don't have to answer it out loud. That's okay. But do you trust people? Like, really trust people. I don't know about you, and maybe I'm just getting jaded as I get older, but I just, I have a harder time trusting people as I'm getting older. Like, I mean, I trust people, but like, I'm like, ah, oh, I don't, I don't know. And I don't know if that just stems from that I've just been lied to so much, or I've just had people tell me things and just had to kind of deal with that disappointment but as I considered, do I really trust people? 
uh, Zach Wiernicke. He's an elder here at uh, Genesis, and uh, he's been a great friend uh, to me for better part of a decade. And uh, I'm like, okay, do I trust Zach? And I'm like, well, I don't know, like 55, 60%. I mean, yes. It's not like I think he's going to like, you know, willingly or knowingly try to hurt me, but I'm like, yeah, but... And I'm like, okay, Paul Fleming, you know, he's also an elder. He's been hanging out with me for the better part of 10 years. I'm like, do I really trust Paul? I'm like, well, like 70, 75%, you know, he's just older. And uh, I don't know. But I've really wrestled with this. Do I really trust people? And it's not like I think if these two individuals are going to try to do something knowingly to, to hurt me, but do I really trust people? And what I've discovered is my inability to trust people is, it's carried over into my inability to trust God. Because if you've been lied to, if you've just been so disappointed by what people have said or haven't said, or just people, how they've hurt you, I've just seen in my own life that I I start thinking that God's like that as well. And I can't really go to God with this because, man, last time I just, I was totally deceived and I was lied to and I was just hurt and I was so disappointed. And what I just wanted to tell you this morning is he's so not like that. He's so not like me. He's so not like you. He's not like any of us. And what spurs me on to keep praying, to keep seeking, to keep asking, and not bail when there's silence or delay or unanswered prayer, is God is not like anyone else. I may have been hurt, I may have gotten jaded along the way, but God is not a disappointment to me and he will not be a disappointment to you. One of my favorite verses in the New Testament is 2 Timothy uh, verse 11 and, and 13. It says this, this is Paul, he's saying, Folks, this is a trustworthy saying, meaning you can bank on this. This is truth. And he says, if we are unfaithful, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny who he is. Do you know what that means? I'll tell you. What it means is there's nothing that I could ever do that would change the character of God. No matter how unfaithful I might be, no matter how much of a a whining person, complaining, grumbling, prideful person I might be, none of me could ever change who God is. For God to ever be unfaithful would be against his character. He's, I can't do it. Even if you're not faithful, even if you give up on me, even if you hear silence and decide, well, God must not care, I still care about you. I can't stop being me. That one verse right there alone screams to me, Michael, he's faithful. You live in a a world that doesn't have faithful people, but God's not like that. God can't stop being who God is, that he is faithful. He cannot deny himself. He cannot deny who he is. Those are the five things Uh, that I wanted to share with you this morning. Because if you don't have an answer for what happens when prayer goes unanswered, what happens when there's silence, what happens when there is delay, if you don't know how to answer that question, you will not grow in connection with God. You will grow further and further and further away 
from God. And my heart for you this morning was simply this. I really want you to connect with God. But I also know the realities of there are people who've been praying for a lifetime for certain things, and it just hasn't happened yet. Where you're in a season of it's like crazy quiet. Like, Michael, I'm doing the journal. I've even put some prayers up on the prayer wall over there. And I'm showing up to these meetings, but man, it's just, it's like crickets. I just, I hear myself, and I'm kind of tired of hearing myself. I want to hear from God. And there's some of you, it's like, it's this season of just delay. And you've heard from God, yes, it will happen, but it's not now. And I just wanted to encourage you with these few things. But the last one was just simply that God's faithful. He can't deny being who he is. This morning, just as we um, spend some time just in worship through song and uh, get ready to celebrate uh, communion uh, as well, uh, I really just had one response or one invitation for you, and it would simply be this. Would you place your faith in him? Would you place your faith in God and God alone? And I know some of you might be here and like, I've done that. And I wanted to encourage you not to renew your faith in him, but simply this morning, God, I've, I've heard some things. It's been challenging. I just, would you increase my faith? Would you give me a, a unique ability to be that one that just believes? Not that just talks about, I believe in you, but I'm the man or the woman. I just have faith that God is God and God is good and God is faithful. God is wise. He knows what he's doing. And so if you are here this morning and have placed your faith in him, I just would only ask, would you respond by saying a very simple prayer that says, God, would you give me more faith? And would the faith that you've given me, would you enable me to continue connecting with you, continue asking, continue seeking, even in unanswered silence delay? God, give me faith to keep pursuing you. And if you're here this morning and... You've never put your faith in God. I just wanted you to, I just want to invite you to do that today. You don't have to leave this place and enter into another day where you walk a life apart from God because God wants to walk with you. He knows you, he cares about you, and he loves you. And he has made it possible for you to begin a relationship with him. And what I love about this, it is a relationship based on faith. There's no to-do list. There's no get your stuff together, go clean up a messy life. It is place your faith in God. Place your faith in Jesus and Jesus alone. And if you've never done that, I just wanted to invite you to do that today.